0: Hi there and welcome. My name is Jared Treger, and you're listening to Jet Black Music Industry Talk. The very first of this podcast series, this is our our first episode. Um, I'm sure you'll hear that along the way a couple of times in fact. I'm super excited to share some information with you, chat to some innovative and interesting people within the music industry and uh, just talk about topics that we feel Are are relevant this is certainly not a workshop or a course or or we are not teachers uh, of any kind we're simply people working in the music industry and this is an opportunity for us to not only share our knowledge and talk about relevant topics but also to learn from from each other and uh, just capture that conversation and share it with you uh, along the way i actually i went online to look for podcasts uh, similar to to what i'm doing And I think what I struggled with most was a lot of the topics and uh, people that they were talking to were very uh, specific to a territory, which admittedly we are too. Our audience will be mostly uh, South Africa as that's where we're based, although we do work with and partner with a lot of people in in overseas markets. That is our perspective and and where we're coming from. The other thing that I found was that... um, People's motive. Uh, what, what was the reason for them them doing the podcast? Did, did they want uh, to gain popularity of their their own career? Um, I, I think people are just scared to to share their intellectual property and their knowledge and 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 chat about uh, uh, important things and put themselves up for for criticism. So that's what we're gonna do. We we're gonna chat about all sorts of things. Uh, all, all all topics related to the music industry with a little bit of a focus on uh, electronic music and certainly coming from the perspective of south africa and that brings us to our first podcast and uh, a guest that we are bringing on today is an old friend of mine we've known each other a long time in uh, both uh, both business and uh and we've had some good times along the way the way too so to bring on today, uh, stalwart of the, the music industry in South Africa. We'd like to welcome onto the show, Sean DeVay. So we'd like to welcome uh, someone I know fairly well, and we'll, we'll get to know him on this, on this podcast, uh, Sean DeVay, our first guest. Sean, you, you're here on my very, very first podcast. How you doing?
1: <laughs> Good, Jared. How are you? It's nice to, nice to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you. It's it's good to have you. So, I mean, I, I'd like to just, you know, introduce everyone to you. Uh, uh, t- maybe, you know, tell them a little bit about you uh, yourself. Um, sure. How, how you started out uh, and where you are in the music industry right now.
1: Okay, no problem. I mean, in a, in a nutshell, you know, kind of, I think, kind of spans back about uh, 25 years probably. I started out like most... Well, most people who loved electronic music, like as a DJ in my parents', uh, in my parents house, um, just kind of, uh, yeah, mixing records and kind of figuring it out, you know, like, um, yeah, I guess the process of mixing. There was an old dodgy turntable that my dad used to have and, uh, yeah, on a tape deck. And I used to like kind of mix like records into tape deck and then just kind of like fell in love with it. I grew up in Johannesburg where... Um, in around sydenham orange grove uh which was kind of a good hub for for electronic music house africa was down the road from me so i used to go there and kind of uh buy records from the likes of like g-force and vinnie da vinci probably sold me my first record wow. and yeah i just kind of fell in love with uh electronic music um then and yeah there was a club up the road called 206 which um you know i was too young i mean this is i was about 15 years old 16 years old and um yeah, I just kind of like used to kind of go there and try to sneak in and eventually I got in and then I met Alan, the owner who in turn then turned out to be a very close friend of mine and from there, I, you know, kept on playing and bugging him to start like playing at the club and then, uh, yeah, one night he said to me, all right, I'll come play in the back room, you know, there was a little space for about 30 people in yeah. a little bar there and um, yeah, and I started developing and started playing and like then my friends started coming and then eventually I said, okay, give me a night and then I took on a night and then kind of things progressed. So I guess from bedroom DJ, I started promoting. Then I started booking other DJs. Then I kind of fell in love with the marketing side of it. I then studied my um, marketing degree uh, for a little bit. So I then traveled abroad. I lived in London for a while. uh did a lot of like pirate radio and like club gigs, just uh, kind of feeding my way through the industry. Uh, then came back to South Africa, I released a couple of like mixed CDs, continued DJing. Uh, opened up like a marketing agency, so between marketing and you know kind of the club scene was 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 where I found my love, so to speak um and then yeah just started
0: um, i mean there 's more it, it continues yeah 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 it you, continues you guess, you've, you've yeah, built a you built a little bit of an empire here you've you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that 's
1: the yeah that's that 's the short background i mean to 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 speed it up basically from there um yeah, I started doing more club shows, and then you know the, the the big EDM, for lack of a better word, explosion happened at around 2009 or so, like when Deadmau5 was the biggest act in the world. I can't believe that was sure over ten years ago, and yeah, and basically teamed up with uh, my partner and good friend Tony Feldman, who comes from a theatre background, and I said we got to bring this guy out to the country, and you know after a lot of. Um, negotiating and back and forth. We toured Dead Mass, and that kind of opened up like the world of like big dance music shows in this country. And then from there moved on to tour uh, the likes of Skrillex, Swedish House Mafia, uh, Avicii, Cole Cox, Steve Aoki, Niki Romero, all on single kind of artist style shows up to about 30,000 people. And then like the market in the country was wanting a festival. And at that point through the touring via um, uh, Carl Cox's team actually met uh, a good friend who worked closely with Carl and kind of ran all of his stuff uh, with Ultra as well and introduced us to the Ultra Miami guys. And yeah, that was eight years ago. And yeah, we talked about bringing the festival to the country. that was a good couple of years negotiation and then from there brought the festival into the country and have now been just concluded the seventh show and yeah within all of that um you know with my agency have created uh, and partnered with Corona to create the corona sunsets festivals, which we've done eight successfully and yeah, I have a number of other businesses, but everything is about um I guess bringing people together whether it be in the club in um the Festival
0: or the event environment. Cool. That's a that's that's quite a history. Just just a just a little history lesson. Mm. I think I think I actually I think the first time I went to a nightclub was with you. And yeah. I don't know if you remember. It was the Fringe in Cape Town. Yes. I think yeah, we, was, we were. No, no, in Cape Town, in Cape, Town just... Cape Town. I think we were about fifteen years old. There's more to the story, <laughs> but we'll we'll leave it out. <laughs> um, Keep it in. There. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tell everything, nothing for next time.
1: Exactly,
0: um, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I mean I've mean, i got a few things, you know, uh, a few questions that maybe people would like to know, uh, you know, people that are maybe trying to get into the industry uh, uh, as music mm-hmm. professionals, and, and uh, they might just want to get some information from you. Uh, like, firstly, sure. have, you, have you ever worked in any other field <clears throat> besides music? Have you ever had another job? Sheesh, I think I mean,
1: look, I think like if you if you I mean the very, very first job I ever did, I lasted one day doing it. it was like my dad got me like a job in like a in like a paint store, like selling paint or something. Like I was eighteen, like it was my first proper job. I literally lasted one day and turned around and walked out. Um but no, other paint. than that, I mean, you know, you sold paint uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's... Other than that, I mean, no, I worked you know, in bars and clubs and restaurants as a waiter, as a barman, as, you know, so I was always around it in some kind of way, shape or form, basically, you
0: know. And and did you have any kind of like, like mentor in the music industry, somebody that you took advice from, looked up to? Well, I think it's, you know, like,
1: yes, I I would say that Alan Freeman, uh, initially from 206, who kind of gave me my first club gig, was definitely a mentor for me for many years, and still someone I, I hold very clear, uh, closely and dearly to my heart. You know, he he. You know, we, we he. I learned a lot from him. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of you know bad that you can take from you know from anyone and everyone. But I mean, Alan taught me not to be scared, be fearless, go out there, and kind of like follow your dreams and conquer them. And, and you know, Alan's just amazing at that. He always has been. So, you know, he was always someone and still do that I look up to today. Um, Another great mentor for me was Josh, the milk bar kid. You know, he's, we lived together for many years and um, he was just a great mentor for me in terms of, I guess, music and life. He's a real music lover and kind of the depth and the history that he had, you know, kind of to the music was just like, you know, like not anyone I've, I've ever encountered, you know. So yeah, he he was another one, and yeah, and then I guess through time and through you know experience and through the people that you meet, you know, you 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 get inspired all the time. You know, there's there's DJs that inspire me, there's friends that inspire me, but I think all in all, you know, in in my deepest heart, I've always wanted to be involved in this. I mean, it goes as far back and as cheesy as this may sound. Um, I think it was in like standard one or standard two you know i up yeah. like eight or nine years old you know um i'll never forget it you know it, it's profound in fact that um mr parker he was the teacher you know and he went around the classroom and he like asked the kids what do you want to be when you grow up and i literally put my hand up and i said i wanted to be a dj i think you know at that point i didn't really know what it was it wasn't like djs yeah. today of course yeah, you know yeah. but i think it was more the idea of like my parents used to take us to school like listening in the car like oh that guy's cool playing all the music and you know so I, I don't know i guess i guess it's always been that something i've always loved and yeah that's yeah i haven't really thought about anything else but at the same time if I, if I look at what i do today it's it it's the silver lining to everything i do it's um so you know i'm involved in quite a few different businesses but all of them are attached to the world of eventing and dj's very specifically for me
0: I think just just keeping up with how fast the the industry moves and how it changes and evolves is is tough, um, and and you need to adapt to it. and It's funny how uh, how your 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 kind of your goals change as you grow uh, as a person. Your your sure. your idea of the career that you wanted is very different to where to where you're at, which is not a bad thing. Just you know, just different. Yeah, look, I think you know,
1: like if you're going to have A, You know, in today's world, you you can't really have a complete one-dimensional approach to anything really because there's just so many different facets to it all and there's just so many different chapters of information coming in from different sources all the time that, you know, you've got the world at your fingertips and in order to stay ahead of it all, you've got to be agile, you've got to be open to it all and, yeah, you've got to keep up with the changes and the times in order to stay you know, kind of relevant and to expand your business, but at the same time, be careful not to lose sight of who you are, what your core goals are and, um, and all the other peripherals are are essentially, you know, part of that at the end, you know, in the end. So, and
0: and that might be the perfect cue to, to enter the elephant into the room and, and reach reach the topic, the topic at hand, Um, you know, uh, obviously, w- one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on here is to to chat about um, the obvious uh, coronavirus and, and how it 's how it's affecting i mean it 's not just affecting the the entertainment industry, industry it's <laughs> affecting all industries, but um, you know while we, we're discussing um, uh, how to be agile and how to adapt to a disruptive world, um, it, nobody's sure. quite got the answers for for what 's just happened um no and i think it's no, confused no, no, it's no, confused right. everyone um it's it's
1: confusing times there's no doubt about it i think look i think you know it is there's a lot of there's a lot to be taken out of what's going on there's a lot to be taken out of you know what's coming you know so i think that you know if you have to try to be i don't know systematic about it in some kind of way the reality is that you know our industry the industry of bringing people together from hospitality and eventing was globally hit hard the first you know yeah. um, and the hardest you know yeah. we we literally had the rug pulled from underneath us in one foul swoop um, and we're essentially told to you know can't open our businesses and, and we need to stop um, trading effectively as of now you know and you know how does that look and how do we manage that and how do we deal with that I think solidarity is important sharing information is important understanding how others are handling this tragedy is important so communicating is critical you know from um all of my businesses you know as much as they yeah as much as they are all different and they have their own kind of cost centers and focus points um they're all linked to this industry so they have all closed down effectively all at once so it's been quite interesting to see you know how well, being quite interested to see and how to manage each of the different businesses and how each of the different businesses, you know, kind of react and deal with what's going on. You know, some some have got a, a longer term forecast and strategy, you know, so there's yeah. essentially more fuel in the tank to keep things going for longer, you know, um, with the intention of when things go right, it picks back up again. Some, um, you know, have got heavy staff, Um, you know, a staff contingent to it, uh, both casual and full-time. So, you know, there's priorities in taking care of them and how do you take care of them? Uh, Government's been very, very useful. I must take, you know, my hat off to Ramaphosa and the team. The data that they've had from around the world um, has been helpful to them and I think he's moved quite quickly and swiftly. He's acted Um, fast, which is great. He's acted fast, which is good. Look, I mean, where things currently stand... With regards to staffing and tours and all of that stuff and UIF, um, it's all coming, that information. So um, how to manage staffing is quite a challenge, obviously. Uh, dealing with things like landlords is quite a challenge as well. But if you've got a good relationship at the end of the day, um, they understand, you know, uh, you know, if you can't trade, you can't pay rent, but they've also got their deals with the banks. So I think at the end of the day, everything comes down to relationships. At the end of the day, the reality is that we can't, because of social distancing, we can't, you know, be in the same room. But all of this comes down to connection. You know, it's the connection with your staff, it's the connection with your teams, it's the connection with your consumers, it's the concept, you know, the, the the connection with your landlords. You know, all of these types of things. And how do you, how do you communicate with them and collectively come out with, you know, the best possible decision for yourself and for your business and for them? in the end, and it and it's very challenging and it's very testing and trying times, you know, you know, all I can talk is on my own, you know, for, for myself, I for have sure. a nightclub, a bar and a restaurant and, you know, as of immediate effect, I've had to cancel all my leases, you know, I have over a hundred staff, wow. which at the moment, you know, we are working through, um, you know, and how to give them the best that we possibly can with the assistance of things like UIF and the government because we just can't, Unfortunately, be a
0: breadline for these guys forever without any income coming in. Of right? yeah. I think there's a natural empathy because you know the world's in this together. Um, mm. I, I do think we face different challenges uh, uh, in South Africa, and I cool. think um, that's part of the reason that uh, uh, Ramaphosa acted so quickly. You know, based on um, our, our just you know our level of uh, um, of living. As well as um, you know uh, the 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 health uh, and the infrastructure that we have, we needed to act um, pretty fast on 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 that. Um, However, our economy, how it's going to hold up, you know, when when you look across to to um, international uh, uh, companies such as when Glastonbury cancelled and uh, Live Nation's a share price that day just dropped 13%, you know, uh, this is, this is a global pandemic. It's, it's, Absolutely. it's affecting the world. Um, so, so while there's that natural empathy, um, uh, you know, the, 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 there's everyone's trying to kind of adapt and figure out a way to, um, to, to, to live, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think you know, I think
1: it, on that note, I, I think on that note, um, what the industry has done very well from what I can see you know is band together and speak to consumers just from the ticketing side, I think that howler did a fantastic job on a local level and you know uh, blogs like Resident Advisor also went out to the public you know from their own accord and went to every ticket holder and, and explained the process to them that the promoters at the end of the day you know the shows are run off the ticket sales, you know, yeah. that's 99% of, in fact, 100% of all promoters out there at the end of the day, you know, so look, there's two sides to the story. One, you know, is that, you know, the money isn't yours as a promoter, to be honest, at, yeah. you know, until the show is over and everyone has been paid, if that makes sense. So you shouldn't effectively be spending this money if you haven't got it, if that makes sense, to to to, to, to run and put in a show, right? Yeah. Um, well, but you, you need but... to, exactly, no, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's wishful thinking most of the time. And that's why the communication that went out from the resident advisors of the world and the hollers of the world, explaining things to the ticket holders to say, the the shows that have been postponed have faith in the promoters to come back, you know what I mean? And yeah. keep your money invested with them as opposed to getting a refund on that money. Because once the refund comes back, it's very unlikely that... Um, you know that promoter is going to be able to kind of get back on his feet and bring a show to any time soon. And then when the market gets unstable and everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, I want to see this act, I want to see this act," oh, why don't we get this? Why don't we get that? At the end of the day, you know, if nobody supports it and nobody supports the promoters when they're down, you're not going to get those shows. So I think just after that message, I believe it, it, it was a very good move. And I think that the, from what I can see, that the the market reacted pretty well to it, and they've been like very supportive of it. You know that that yeah. Um, again, being the first industry hit so hard with all of this stuff, um, w- the industry was polarized the most with it. And I see a lot of like festivals have gone out there. And I mean, I had to postpone a show. I mean, ironically, we had the Corona Sunsets Festival, which was this last weekend. It should have been, you know. Yeah. And I've postponed that show and uh, a new date will be coming soon. And, you know, I'll announce it shortly. You know, but then there's others that have canceled outright and still kept the
0: ticket money, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different there. situations. I mean, I mean, just to backtrack a little, you know, there was obviously a festival in Cape Town that before the announcement was made, um, they had, they had set up and they'd built their festival and you know, it was, mm-hmm. it, it was literally the first case was announced, uh, uh, maybe a day before their festival was starting. And, uh, there was this pressure from them to, to, to cancel. Um, uh, and at, at, at first you kind of, you, you look at it and you go, well, maybe they should, whose responsibility is it? But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think, I think people need to understand what it takes to, to um, one, put on an event. And I'm not saying you, you sure. don't do what's right, but if the country is saying, hey, you can run an event right now and uh, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've literally yeah, booked yeah. this event, uh, yeah, it's exactly. not like you're not canceling it two months before. You know, uh, yeah, like exactly. the, ter- the term force majeure, like if, if something is an act of God. I think, I think le- just, to, just to touch on this, I think a lot of people don't realize that um, event insurance w- will not cover that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Event insurance, every single insurer in the world, not one of them um, covers for this disease. It's a communicable disease. So even over and above the force majeure or an act of, or an act of God. This is specifically like a loophole that the insurers, not would say, have put in there. But it's, it's basically a cross contract that, you know, should a communicable disease happen, like that, you yeah. know, that they' you know, that they're not, they're not covered. So to your point on the, on on that festival that they didn't postpone and they went ahead, you know, if you if you had to ask me, um, what would I do in those guys' position, you know, it's difficult to say because I'm not. However, you know. Keeping in mind that, to your point, you know there was a yeah. lot of smoke in terms of like everybody talking about it. There was a lot going on. Like it all happened so quickly, but it was it the August fast.
0: the week before, uh, exactly. Uh, and it you you wasn't. Know, there, it wasn't. There were fast other fast. festivals on that weekend, and, and and even to that point, most certainly, like it, even if even if uh, event insurance did cover it, they still wouldn't have covered them because there was no announcement mm-hmm. made yeah exactly so I probably would have gone ahead to be perfectly honest with you I would have done
1: probably the same thing as them you know um it it, it all happened so quickly yeah you know, to you know again to just cancel a festival the day before the financial ramifications of that is just massive and you'll never you come back had not got di- hey you'll never come back, H- never how, come do you, back exactly. how do you come back from that yeah exactly so I think like when it comes to you know again Ramaphosa act like swiftly and concisely with everything, it's yeah.
0: you know, it, it, yeah, it, it it all happened, you know. So we move faster than most. So for anyone who did anything before, you know, if if you followed procedure and did everything that you were asked to do, I think it's fair. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, and yeah. Look, I mean, it was almost unfortunately to say that um, it was almost inevitable that there was a case that came out of that.
0: You know, yeah. um,
1: which yeah, subsequently um, for that. Uh, uh,
0: apparently, um, he was no longer contagious by the time he reached South Africa, just, just for interest sake. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- that's what's yeah, happened so, since. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess what,
1: what can I say? You know, that's, that's that. But, uh, how do we how do we move forward here? Is the question
0: for sure. Uh, I, I think everyone's trying to now. I mean, it, it does make you realize how volatile and you know you know you are, and how things can happen and change overnight, literally. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. And now, like everyone's just trying to adapt. And um, th- there's a lot of lot of things happening around the world. Like o- Australia have set up a website called I Lost My Gig. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Gemma, what's that the, about? The, um, literally, just uh, people getting together uh, online and and contacting each other and, and uh, artists mainly, you know, and seeing oh, of wow. ways they can collaborate. Uh, oh, that's cool. Um, uh, on a completely different tip, uh, Gemma, which is the the collection, the royalty collection uh, society in in Germany, has created a fund with forty three million dollars. Um, so, uh, th- people are definitely, you know. Uh, trying to 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 help artists and 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 get involved in the in the, the music and the creative industries. Um, right. But um, I don't know. In South Africa, we we <laughs> we need to adapt in a in a huge way. Everyone's obviously trying to um, benefit of streaming. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's the if it's the right answer. I think it's it's a bit flooded. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. No, no one really has the the answers as to to where to go just yet. But, um, absolutely. It, although, although
1: you know, although the streaming, streaming is the solution. You know, it is absolutely flooded. And how do you take it out of there? You know, how do you, how do you do something beat, different? I guess. How, how do you beat yourself out the clutter? You know, and I think that, you know, you, you we we almost need to. Yeah, we got to look at consolidation. We got to look at like bigger layers and levels of support where we can. Um, you know, and just tap into all the networks we have to try and see, like, what's available and, and how it's going on. And, you know, I know it's difficult to do it on a local level, but I think you'd be surprised at the strength of our community of dance music, you know, and if we had to put something together, I think we'd be pleasantly impressed and surprised by the support. It just needs to be presented correctly. I mean, if you take you know, the Beatports collective of what they've done um, through the Reconnects um, strategy. I think they've raised over $200,000, you know, and that was literally over 24 hours. And that's yeah. just kind of bringing in their streams. Um,
0: you yeah, know, how do we the, do that There's locally? been some amazing things happening on global levels. Um, and, and, I mean, locally, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, uh, uh, Shimza and PH's house party mm-hmm. The response was amazing. Yeah, excellent. Um, you know, uh, Black Coffee did a live stream. Obviously, it, it got crazy support. I, th- I think that was, I mean, you can't even say that's local. You know, that's a, that's a global. Yeah, um, exactly. You know. um, but um, how to approach the, the local markets and how do artists adapt, um, you know? I've, I've just uh, recently seen, um, which is quite cool, uh, an app... Called Basca, you get a code, and you can um, actually put a put a um, what's it uh, a thing to scan? Um, snap scan. You can put a Snap scan um, code in the corner of your screen, so oh, people well, can literally, thought. you know, donate to your to your stream. Um, right, but, but okay. will we'll, okay, we'll, will we'll people donate?
1: Well, you don't know until you try. You know, yes, you know, everybody needs to. Everybody needs to tap in and like give it a go, you know. But I think, you know, the best results are gonna be from, you know, like I say, con- consolidating with the, you know, with artists and brands. I think, you know, don't don't yeah. forget brands are also in this position right now. For I think sure. the reality is, you know, big brands have got, you know, budgets and that they need to um yeah, I guess, you know, that they need to tap into
0: because they need to communicate to their markets at the end of the day, you know? For sure. So, I mean, do you think, though, that, that people that are at home, um, you know, obviously um, they, m- people are missing being social and going out, but you need to engage with them in a bit of a different way, you know? Um, I, I don't know. You, you're in a different space when you're in your own home. You're in a different yeah. mindset. So I guess you need to be engaged slightly differently to how you would be in a nightclub yeah not hanging with your friends so i think that's i don't know just something to think about
1: yeah totally you know there's yeah I, I don't have the answers to be honest with you but i know that they are out there and i think like again just like communicating with the industry is what's important most i think you know it's, it's a time where you know like it's such a cutthroat industry and businesses that generally you know, you know, there's there's like angst between some DJs. You know, like some promoters have got it in for one, and not in for one another. But there's yeah. a lot of competition because it's such a, it's such a, it's such a tight and difficult business to actually make proper or make money out of it. So everybody holds their, car, their 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 cards quite close to their chests. You know, however, you know, it's a time to share information, and I think that that will help unlock a lot of potential to be honest with you, you know, so sharing an information on insurance, sharing on information on how to manage staff, sharing information on how to handle postponed gigs, sharing information on how to refund tickets, when to refund tickets, how to communicate to consumers, how are others doing it? You know, um, I think
0: online, this has brought people together. There's a lot of, um, Sure. Obviously, uh, there's from free courses to you know, there's so much that you can find on, on on the internet right now because of that natural like global empathy and everyone's going through the same thing. So people definitely are coming together, and, and I mean uh, on the musical side, uh, from from artist perspective, let's hope they're in the, the headspace to be creative because there's there's no better time than to write music than when, you, when you've you've got no shows, you know, you, you this is your yeah. time to get in studio and, and really. Uh, make something, yeah,
1: exactly, and like, and like I say, you know, like I think that the reality of you know looking at bigger brands and like even governments. I mean, looking at like arts and culture right now, you know, like there is funds and there are funds available and there are budgets available to tell a message during this time. There's no doubt about it, you know, through all of these brands, through 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 governments, and nobody can do anything else but streaming. And the reality of what we have over and above any other industry, although we were hit hardest from it, right, um, we have probably the most creative industry, you know. So yep. now is that chance to to show that and, you know, and now to in turn monetize that and, uh, yeah, and try and work out, you know, kind of how do you how do make that all happen, I guess.
0: Prepare know? for the, the boom that happens yep. after the, the recession, I guess,
1: something like that. Yeah, exactly. Because the one thing for certain is, when this is all over, our industry will come back swinging the hardest. You know, people are just going to want to get together and celebrate
0: and enjoy themselves. You know, so
1: it's. I guess, um, I guess it's
0: just to make it through that. I mean, I mean, uh, do you? What do you? What do you think the knock-on effect will be? do to you, you, you know, we can't predict it, but how long? Well, I mean, you know. As, as a promoter, you know, like dealing and talking to
1: like agents globally, you know, speaking to some of the guys as to when they are like actually booking shows yeah. at the moment, you know, they're, they're looking in Q4 right now, you know, wow. they kind of, you know, that's, that's as far into the advance that they are like looking, you know? So, and that's still undecided to be honest
0: with you. So, you know, do you think, guess, do you think it'll be, it'll be different? Do you think like, Budgets will be different. Um, I mean I mean this is gonna sure. have a major effect on on, on things moving forward. You know, it, it's gonna change things for a for long that. time. Uh, a long and time. we're gonna we're gonna take, have to build. Yeah, we're
1: gonna have to build. We're gonna have to start the engines all up again, slowly build. I think that this time is it's it's a good time to shed some weight, to, you know, kind of relook at the numbers. I mean, for the first time, you know, for, for me in the past 10 days, you know, I've never watched the rands and cents as closely as I have. And, and just looking at all the excess spending and where things can be cut. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a time from a business perspective to, you know, a combination of being ruthless um, and also being realistic and also taking into account, you know, kind of morals and ethics from the teams that you work with and just seeing what it is that you can provide and what you can do. But it's a time to slim things down. And everybody needs to take that same approach. And when for sure. the engines get running back up again, it'll take a while, I believe, for the momentum to get right, but I think it'll become like a steam train. It'll take some time, and slowly the engines will start moving, and then as it gets momentum, it's just going to, like, explode, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine people, you know, after – when people come out, it's I don't I don't think the next day people are going to be running and, oh, let's party and all hold hands and get sweaty together, if you know what I mean. I think there's going to be a – a lot of lessons learned from a health perspective and like how to manage yourself, keeping distance, you know, all of, all of those things, you know? So I think people are going to come out wiser. People are going to come out more subdued, but I, I you know, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. It, it certainly
0: it. is going to build some resilience and it's going to, it's going to, you're going to have to tighten, tighten bolts, lose the weakest links and, and, and have, have your essential strong team so that when, you know, when, when everything around you is ready, you can sure you can really power, power on. Absolutely, absolutely, um, absolutely. I, th- yeah. I think that's some that's some good good thoughts. Um, hmm. You know, to to maybe maybe leave that right there. Sure. Um, I mean, if is there anything anything else you'd like to 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 say I, to anyone? I think I think you know it's the the two, two great.
1: Um, two great pieces of, like, I don't know, mottos, so to speak, if you want to call it that. Or not mottos, but two, like, great things which I'm keeping positive in the, in my mind based on all of this, which is not only, like, gig-related or just... It's just more life-related. Um, one was discussed with me with Harel Salco, who's, you know, a very yeah. close friend. And of course. Godfather to my kids and all of that stuff. So we're we super close, obviously. And Harrell's recently um, become very religious, you know, uh, yeah. very, you know, lives in Jerusalem and he's religious Jew, you know? Yeah. So we talk, we talk a lot about it and I love that stuff. But I find it super interesting. And, you know, obviously there's different like notions and, and pieces of information that come out of the learnings of the Torah and, and all of that stuff, you know, and obviously like people see it in different depths, but anyway, I, we were having this conversation and, you know, he, he there's a lot of information that like kind of goes over my head, but there was something that the the the, the head rabbi said, and, and like a, the message was translated to me in three simple words, which was remember the future, and like it's just had such a profound like kind of like effect on me, you know. Remember the future. Remember what's still to come. Remember there will be one, you know, yeah. you know, and 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 I and I like that, you know. So so that's something for me that that I like to take in, and then the second one. Came to me from Josh, actually, Georgia, um, who, you know, a, a mentor and a very close friend, like I said, um, was also uh, Hugh Masekela's uh, manager for many, many years, you know, yes. and recently, as far back as last Saturday, in fact, was this last Saturday, the Saturday before, went to Hugh's gravestone. And, you know, it's, um, it's a very... It's a monumental gravestone, considering you know the statue of obviously of who Hugh was, and a very beautiful kind of gravestone. And you know, Josh sat there for some time, just um just spending time with him basically and asking questions. And and he said to me, and he took the picture and he sent it to me, a praying mantis like landed on gray on, on Hugh's stone, you know, and Josh was looking at this mantis. Now normally the mantis to people is like good luck, right? Yeah. But Josh Googled it like immediately, you know, like what does it mean if you see a praying mantis? Thinking at that point that like Hugh sending him a message, you know, because they were that close. And the exact um, description that came up was this. Overwhelmingly in most cultures, the mantis is a symbol of stillness. As such, she is an ambassador from the animal kingdom, giving testimony to the benefits of meditation and calming our minds. An appearance from the mantis is a message to be still, go within, meditate, get quiet, and reach a place of calm. So, you know, Josh took that as a as a kind of you know a message from Hugh from the animal kingdom, and translated it back to me. And yeah, I guess those are the two most beautiful pieces I'm taking out of this, and and to keep keep me strong. And yeah, and that's kind of uh,
0: that's that's powerful. Keep calm and move move on. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Sean, thanks so much for, for joining me on my on my first ever. I hope Pleasure, it uh, I hope it comes out. Uh, hope it comes out all right. Um, yeah, I'm know, sure it will. we'll see from the feedback. Um, great. I mean, thanks. Hopefully, we'll have you on sometime again. Lovely, Jared. Thank you very much. thank you so much for for joining us today on my my first podcast of jet black music industry talk i I hope you enjoyed it and i'm sure we'll get uh, better along the way uh, as we do more speak to more people we're going to try and keep this as as regular as possible please do send us questions uh, either on social media or feel free to email us on info at jetblack.co.za till next time